Welcome to the Self-Fellowship Church Podcast. Here at Self-Fellowship, we exist to help people live in the way of Jesus with the heart of Jesus. Wherever you're listening from today, we hope you are encouraged by this week's message. Well, hey, good morning, South. Good morning. Good morning. I'm Yvonne, one of the pastors here, and you have met us today in the middle of a vision series, What If We? And we just sang about vision, Lord, be our vision. And vision is something that we look forward to, something that we imagine. And Pastor Alex shared with us kind of his vision statement. And I'd like to just begin today by reading this for you. What if we, and we're talking here about our fellowship of South Fellowship believers, but this can also apply to the church in this local area. What if we, we really became a Jesus people who are relationally connected, deeply formed, and outward reaching? And because this is a vision statement and vision happens when we start to rethink and reimagine what might happen in a community with a new vision, I'd like to do something a little bit more unusual for sermons today and actually give you a second to envision what this statement might look like. So I wanna give you some quiet space to think and imagine what would it be like if we became a Jesus people that were relationally connected, deeply formed and outward reaching. So let me give you a second to just think about this. Maybe you need more time to envision what this looks like, but you can spend time this week mulling that over. And here we are in the middle of our series, and today we are gonna look even more at what it looks like to be deeply formed. And we've said that our mission statement is not changing, um, that we wanna walk in the way of Jesus with the heart of Jesus, and we wanna do that being deeply formed. And thankfully, Pastor Alex said, hey, Yvonne, since you're our formation pastor and you went through Christian formation and soul care at Denver Seminary, maybe you have some things to share about this. Well, he's right. I actually have a lot of things to share about it. And what I have had to do with the Lord is really sit there and say, what does this community need to hear today? And today he has brought me just to answer a couple questions that might be floating in your mind when we, when we use this phrase deeply formed. I think some of you are gonna just ask, what does it mean? What does it mean to be deeply formed, right? 
I think you guys might be asking, why in the world do we need to be deeply formed? I mean, maybe we need to be formed, but, but why deeply formed? Why do we use that kind of adverb there? And how? I think this is a big question. How do we become deeply formed? So today, that's how the questions that I wanna help you answer. And hopefully we can do that with the Spirit of God speaking to you and also through his word. So today, as we lean in, the Lord directed me to a, a passage, just a five word phrase in the book of Galatians. And so we're gonna open our Bibles today to Galatians chapter four, starting in verse 19. He says, my dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth, hmm. until Christ is formed in you. How I wish I could be with you now and change my tone because I am perplexed by you. Hmm. We need some context for this passage. And then we're gonna dive a little bit further into this phrase until Christ is formed in you. And I'd like for us to chisel away at what in the world did Paul mean when he used this particular phrase in the Greek language. But here we have the apostle Paul. This is in a letter that he has written to the Galatians. So these are people kind of in a dispersed area. And if you know much about the Apostle Paul, you'll know that he was once Saul and he became Paul. He had this incredible transformation because the spirit of the living God showed up to him and said, Saul, you are no longer Saul, you are Paul and I'm giving you the identity that I've placed in you and you are gonna walk in a new way and you are going to be on mission for me and my kingdom letting those that are outside the Jewish faith know that Jesus wants to transform them too. And in this letter to the Galatians, Paul is sending it out to these people that were formerly Jews, and they have also accepted the way of Jesus. They wanted to walk in his way. And they're realizing that Paul's mission is to invite the outsiders and to come into the way of Jesus, but it's tricky because their way that they know to follow Jesus is the Jewish way. And so they've been doing these traditions all along throughout their entire people's history to, to understand who God is, to, to hear from him, to become right with him. And so when Paul introduces them to a new way, it becomes somewhat confusing. At what level do the, the non-Jewish people become Jewish or take on the, the Jewish savior? And so they're struggling. And I think we would be in the same boat if we were with them. If we had had the Jewish faith, we would be asking some of these same questions. And the big question for them was, don't the Gentiles, the ones who are not Jews, don't they need to be circumcised? Now, how many of you wanna sign up for that kind of transformation? <sighs> That's not a compelling story. And I think actually, we need a compelling story. We need 
this to be deeply formed because we need something to show to the world. Paul had this compelling story. And he calls out, he says, guys, I'm perplexed by you. Why are you making it about the old way? He says, dear children, in one little moment, I think he insults them and he like strengthens them by saying, come on guys, you're children. You can, you can come with me, you can grow up. And he's so like stirred up inside that they're not growing up into and, and taking the way of Jesus. He even uses this motherly kind of metaphor. It's like these people have been in the, the womb of Judaism for so long and they, they're safe in there and they know that way. And they're growing and they're, they're learning and they're you know, getting whatever nutrients they need. But he's like, ah, the goal of actually becoming pregnant is like not to stay in the womb. Like the goal is to like come out into the wild world and like develop and grow and be formed. And so he's like, oh, it feels like I'm in pain birth. I'm in labor with you so that you might actually be free and, and live in this way. And he says, until Christ is formed in you. This phrase in Greek is such a jam-packed, meaningful phrase that when I asked the Lord what he wanted me to share with you today, he just said, just talk about Christ be formed in you. Okay, so here we go. <laughs> We're gonna start actually in, in the Greek language. Uh, the word that comes first in, is not how we would say it in English. Christ is formed in you. It would be be formed so we're gonna actually talk about is formed. And this Greek word that I have a hard time saying because it feels like I'm slurring my speech. Um, so all you Greek experts, you can pronounce it and we're just gonna go with morthos, okay? <laughs> okay, so the crazy part about this word, it is jam packed with theological meaning because this word has unique tense and uh, connotations. It is a subjective mood, which means that Paul is saying, I wish that this happens for you. It's passive tense, meaning on your behalf. You're not doing the verb. You're actually, the verb is being done to you. So Paul wishes this to happen on your behalf so that this happens. And we have in English, we have past tense, formed, present tense, forming, future tense, will be formed, right? And you could play around with some of the language there, but in Greek, they have something called aorist tense, which actually has the meaning that something in the past has happened, okay? You have been formed, past tense but it also includes that it will be completed at a future date. So that's the shall. So this word, in one little word, Paul says, I wish this to happen on your behalf that you shall and have been formed. That's crazy. We don't have this kind of stuff in English language. <laughs> and this is a huge theological word. He says that you have been formed and your formation shall be made complete 
by some means other than you in the future. Formation is such an incredible word because it's jam-packed with meaning. And you know what? Formation is a creation word. We have been created. We are being created. We will be created in the new way. So I love this because this is the formation story. The forming happened in the beginning where we are formed, and it says in Genesis 2, or 1, that we are formed in the likeness of God. We have in us his image. That's imago Dei. That's what the Hebrew word means. We have the image of God in us. And back in the garden, we had this moment of formation where we were formed in his image. And we were in harmony with him. We were living in that image. And what we chose was we chose to separate. We said, ah, we don't really want to live in harmony with you. We kind of just want to do our own thing. We want to separate. The best way I can describe this is it feels like we told God that we wanted a divorce. We said, I don't really want to be in this relationship anymore. And so we're going to separate. And this actually causes disharmony in us. We're not actually living in alignment with who we've made, been made to be. And so we feel this kind of disorder inside. That's what separation does. And that's what the word sin is, separation. We miss the mark. We, we're, we're separating. And the goodness of this story is that God says, I know you want a divorce. I know that you want separation, but I don't. And so I'm going to actually come in your likeness. I'm going to take the very nature of a servant being found in the appearance as a man, and I'm gonna humble myself to commune with you, to come close to you, even though you don't really want me. And so he, become, he takes on our form, our likeness, in order that through his powerful resurrection that we can be offered that again. We are offered new creation where we are made in his likeness and we can unify with him. This is the amazing part of formation and the whole formation story. Formation is this process that God actually wove into the fabric of the world. He did it on a macro level and he also does it on these micro levels. And it's for us to live in dependence on him. This formation process is a journey. It's not a destination. We are formed along the way. And one day, once we are in glory, we have, been, have received our most powerful resurrection, then it will be at its completion completed moment. But until that point, we are on this journey. We are on the journey of formation, past tense, present tense, future tense. And the truth is about formation is that we can be formed in any way, right? You guys all know that it's written in the fabric of the way that we are designed, right? An infant comes to live, it becomes a child, an adolescent, an adult. Like, we all form. That's not news to us. 
But what kind of forming are we doing? Paul says in another letter, or in Romans, he said, for all those that he foreknew, he predestined to become conformed into the image of his son. This is actually even more beautiful because we were given Imago Dei, we were given the image of God from the beginning, but now we actually get to be more like his son. That's an exciting part. And it's Christ that anchors all of this formation journey. Christos is the word that Paul uses. And this Christos is also packed with meaning. Christos is, is the royal name for Jesus. He is the son of God, the one who was anointed for God's purposes. He was the Messiah of the Jewish faith, the one who was going to come to redeem and save and heal and, and make things back into alignment with the way that they were designed to be. Christ is the center of our formation. We become like Christ. And in this way, all of those words, if we put those together, when we form like Christ, we too are God's relation. Paul talks a lot about adoption into his family in the gospel of, or I said it again, in the, the letter to the Galatians. We're God's relations. We are also like Christ. We are set apart for God's purposes. And we too get to be a part of reconciling others to God. Yeah, that's a part of our formation in Christ-likeness, that we get to do some of the same things that Christ did. And the other part is that we actually get a person as a part of this process. It's not just a process, it's a person which means we can actually know Christ. We can know him as a person, second person of the Trinity, the, the only begotten of God the Father. And Paul says that this is maybe one of the most important things to his formation journey. He says, I consider everything a loss. And he's, he's done a lot. He's had, by this time, he's at the end of his life and he has seen a lot of transformation happen. And it doesn't even matter what he's able to do for God. What he loves most is that he gets Jesus Christ in relationship with him. He says, it's all a loss compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Christ, being in this journey together, being in communion and union with him. And a part of that communion and union is that he gets to experience the power of resurrection. He got to see transformation in his own life and all around him. And he had to participate with him when he went through those sufferings. He is with God, Jesus Christ was with him in that place. And that's a beautiful thing. When we go through places of suffering and heartache and hardship, we go through it with a person. And we get to experience his resurrection because he's the one in charge. This is his royal name. He is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. And he's the one that has authority to, to say, yes, you can be transformed. And he wants to do that for us. So becoming like Jesus in his death and somehow attaining the resurrection of the dead. I love how Paul says that. 
I don't really understand it, but somehow it's working because as I walk this journey of formation in the image of Christ, somehow he, he is helping me resurrect. He is changing me from the old to the new. You know, in, in my life, I feel like recently, God has taken me from places of, of self-pitying to gratitude. And that's transformation, that's resurrection. Places where I was just dreading life to now singing a new song and having it beat in my heart. That's transformation in the image of Christ. It's way more in alignment. Gratitude and, and love and songs of praise and worship is in alignment with who I'm made to be. And so as we form in the image of Christ, he sets us free to be who we were made to be. And another beautiful thing is that we're forming into Christ's likeness. It happens when we embrace the way of death and resurrection. This is beautiful to me because it seems like we don't like this process, but it's built into the very fabric of the world that we live in. And when we trust this process, it works. When we move from summer into fall and, and the leaves and all the things trust the ecological process of dying and going through their burial and renewing and coming back to life, it works. This past Easter, I was in a season where I was like, Jesus, I just want some green around me. And I went on a search and I just said, I wanna see new life. I want to be reminded that it works. And so I took a long walk on the Highline Canal and there was one little sprig of green and I took a picture and I was like, this is it, it works. In, in the way of Jesus, new life will come back. And I, my heart needed to be reminded that it works. If it works in his creation, it'll work in me and it'll work in you. As we embrace this process, we love Jesus in the process. We embrace this process of maturing. This is along the whole journey. And it means that, that the whole journey we trust. We trust that it is in all of life and it is for all of life. There is no checking the box of formation on the spiritual journey, guys. You don't just fall asleep and see formation happen. You gotta lean in. And it's gotta affect all of life. That's the, the part here at the end of his phrase. He says, Christ is formed in you. This little tiny word in is a preposition that is the closest we can be. We're not, this is not Christ is formed by or near you. Or Christ is formed over you. Christ is formed under you. Those aren't the prepositions that he uses. He says Christ is formed in you. You guys can think of all the in words that you can think of inside, integrate, interconnected, in. It's us in something. It's, it's like the most connected you can get. And the, the cool part about this is it's dative. Okay, this is another nerdy little note. Uh, of Greek, it's a beneficiary action. We get to benefit from being in Christ. And Jesus told us this when he was on earth. He says, abide in me and I in you. 
This is how we do this. It's, it's together, it's unified. And this word is a plural, which means it's not just in individuals. It's in all of us as a church body. It's in all of those who follow and say, I'm a follower of Jesus and, and believe in the power of his resurrection. Forming in Christ is most intimate. It's unified, it's communion, and it integrates, that word in, into the deepest places in our character. We are to be formed, all of us. There's nothing off the table. Paul loves this language. If you wanna do a study in all of his letters and just search for the word in, you're gonna be like, you probably could spend the whole life doing this. He loves this word in, that you've been included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed you were marked in him with the seal and the promised Holy Spirit. The gift of the Holy Spirit that he gives us allows us to live very close, very in God. That's incredible, right? <laughs> I think. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him. This is Paul's, Paul's like, urging, saying, I just, I'm gonna labor with you until you're, until Christ is formed in you, you know? Like, continue to live in him. And that's why in the world do we need deep formation? Guys, I don't, maybe you're realizing, oh yeah, I really need to be deeply formed. Or maybe you're sitting next to being like, ooh, this person next to me, yeah, they really need to be deeply formed, especially after that conversation we had last night. Whatever, you know, like we all long for other people to be deeply formed and we long for the world to be deeply formed. Maybe in your imagination during that time at the beginning, you were thinking, we wanna see more peace among our world. We wanna see more hope, more future, more graciousness between people. We wanna see more true love demonstrated in sacrifice to one another. We long for this world to be resolved. We hate that in the formation story, we hate when things are disharmonized within us. We hate the fact that we're feeling anxious or feeling uncomfortable or just feeling angry. Like, but we have this invitation to be resolved. And that is a compelling story. The problem is we all really like the easy way. Do you like the easy way? I like the easy way. <laughs> I mean, it's like way easier to be lazy on this journey and like drift toward disharmony. It's way easier to choose to put on a TV show and just numb out rather than like going to have that difficult conversation, right? Like it's way easier to procrastinate our formation because it's just too uncomfortable to like tend to that little bit of bitterness and resentment that's inside. I don't really wanna deal with that. So I'll just, we'll do that tomorrow, you know? It's like easier to like, drink a glass of wine and just not feel it. And, and maybe some of it is like, we're scared. 
Like, is God really gonna come through if I choose to, to be formed? Like, is that really gonna work? And maybe, so maybe I doubt that it actually could work or I just really like to be in control. My kingdom under my reign and control is way more comfortable, way more easy. We often choose the easy way instead of the harder kind of soul shaping, like dealing with your emotions kind of way. But you know, for these Galatians, they also chose an easy way and their easy way was religion. Do you know if that's the easy way? Choosing religion. And religion, I mean, he was really upset with them that they would choose a different way of religion. He's astonished that the Galatians would so quickly desert the one who called them to live in the grace of Christ and turn to a different good news which is really no good news at all. Evidently, some people are throwing, thrown into confusion and they're trying to pervert the good news of Jesus. The Judaizers were wanting people to become like them, not to become like Christ. And that's actually somewhat a way of religion. You know, as I reflect on the way of religion, I think religion is motivated by shame like you're not doing or being enough of what you should be doing. That's actually the easy way. <laughs> Maybe the way of religion is just faithful efforts or spiritual disciplines to, to be in God's graces. They wanted the, the Gentiles to be circumcised so that they could be in God's good graces. It worked for them in the past. And so they wanted to, to be in God's good graces. How often do we just do some, some spiritual something just to be in God's good graces? Or maybe if I do this, he will um, do something for me. Maybe if I do ministry for him, maybe if I just say this little kind thing or I pray this certain kind of prayer or, and, and I think that he's going to, to help me but really that's manipulation. Maybe we rely on old patterns to produce new fruit. It's easier to go back to what we knew, what was safe, what we were trained in once, and it's harder to try a new riskier way. We like to remain in control and refuse to surrender, or we fight the wrong battles. We make it about the people around us and trying to make sure that they're doing what they need to be doing when maybe the formation process is actually what we need. And maybe we need to be fighting the enemy and not our brother and sister. I think these are ways actually of religion. And maybe this week you need to reflect on, wow, have I chosen the easy way of religion? Or have I chosen the way of formation? Because Donna Winship puts it this way. She says, Jesus didn't come to start a new religion. He didn't need a new religion. He came to usher in a kingdom of God to facilitate spiritual transformation. Let me say that again. Jesus didn't come to start a religion. 
but he came to usher in the kingdom of God to facilitate transformation. Transformation is the compelling story of Jesus. And we need this compelling story. We've got to let go of religion and embrace this integrated lifestyle of formation where we actually live out our God-given purpose and we listen to our Father in heaven. We actually are seeing new fruit because we choose surrender. You know, here at South, we, we're a church and some might think that, oh, we're just a religion, but we're not. Everything that we try to do here at South is to provide ways for you to grow and be formed in the way of Christ. And we've chosen some specific programs to, to really try to assist in your journey along the way. So of course, we've got a bunch of groups available and we would love for you to be a part of, of community because we know that formation happens in the circle of other like-minded friends of the kingdom. You know, when you're in this place, we, we rub off on one another and we learn different things and we gotta resolve conflicts, and, but we also get support and we get encouragement. This, this week I was sitting around a campfire and it was my task to, to, to finish up the campfire because I'm the laid owl, you know? And so I was spreading away the, the coals and the Lord was just like, this, like bringing the hot coals together is what we can do at church. And what we can do in the kingdom. We can, we can burn together, guys. And so when you join a group, you're, you're joining other people that want to be formed and want to just hold themselves to the fire that we can be more and more refined in the way of Christ. And then we also have another class that's gonna be starting up in September called Emotionally Healthy Relationships. And maybe this is something where in the way of Jesus, he's asking you to, to find some new tools, to try some new ways to nurture good conflict conversations and, and on honoring one another with your words as you just try to advocate for your own values and, and who you are. So maybe that's a, a great place for you to be formed more in the image of Christ by giving you some tools to do that. Another amazing space where we see God transforming people's lives is in a group that meets right here on Tuesday nights at 6.30 p.m. And it's called Celebrate Recovery. And I want you to hear directly from our, one of our leaders. I did a little interview with her this, earlier this week, and I want you to hear what it is that actually causes the transformation in that group. Well, here we have Nicole Pastore, who has been serving with our CR program, uh, Celebrate Recovery for the last six years mm -hmm. here at South and then a few other years back in Minnesota before coming. Yes. Yeah, so I'm curious as we're talking about formation, what is it that makes CR transformative? What do you think? One is finding a program where you can be broken in mm -hmm. and finding acceptance in that brokenness. 
um, is a huge part of the transformation that we see at Celebrate Recovery um, because so many times people come in and they're afraid to truly be where they are and that's broken and whether it's an addiction, uh, hang up, a hurt, whatever it might be. Um, so what we find at Celebrate Recovery is that when people are able to connect and we find that me too factor, mm -hmm. um, it makes it easier to keep coming back. Yeah. And then we just allow God to get in those parts of our soul. Um, and that's why I call it a soul recovery yeah. because that's what we do. We're soul searching as mm -hmm. to why we go back to an addiction or we go back to a certain predetermined response is that we're not soul searching. And so when we find that soul searching and that me too factor, that's where transformation really starts to begin. I love that. Yeah. 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 So tell us, how are you seeing God transform people in CR in this season? Um, this, with this season coming out of the pandemic, um, we're finally starting people to let go of the fear, mm. the fear of being around people or the fear of what really happened to them during the pandemic. Um, we found that a lot of people were relapsing in their addictions or relapsing in their hurts and their pains. And I think people are just ready to be with people again. And so that's been such a beautiful process. Um, every week we have a new newcomer. Mm -hmm. And that's why we have our doors open, is for that newcomer to find that place to come in and um, find family, mm -hmm. family in their brokenness. So I think people are getting out of that fear factor. That's awesome to mm -hmm. see people lay down their fears oh. and actually be ready to step into transformation uh, within a community of people. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I'm sure many of us are out there and thinking maybe, gosh, I've got some hurts, habits, or hangups that are needing to be dealt with and formed mm -hmm. in the way of Jesus, with the heart of Jesus. Um, man, if somebody's sitting out there and they're still feeling fear or still feeling barriers to maybe being a part of Celebrate or part of another group mm -hmm. that we have here at South, what, what kind of encouragement would you have for them today? Oh, the first thing I would say is get out of your own way. Um, that's part of what mm -hmm. stops people from coming into any sort of a program, especially a Christ-centered program, is because we feel so often that we have to be better before we can get better. Mm -hmm. And that is a lie um, that we believe. Mm -hmm. And so I can just, all I can say is just get out of your own way. Just come. Yeah. Just show up. Um, there's no mandated process for this. Um, yeah. It's just being willing to get out of your own way and walk through the doors mm -hmm. and let that fear go. And if you're afraid to link, to come in by yourself, link arms with someone. Mm -hmm. Ask somebody to come with you. Mm -hmm. So then you're not just by yourself or you're alone or you don't know anybody. Yeah. It's just showing up and getting un getting out of your own way. Yeah. And I know that you've done that personally oh. in your own <laughs> life, Nicole. What can God do if they show up? If you don't show up, you'll never know what God can do. Um, to watch what God has done in my life and then to turn around and be able to... Um, really truly be a disciple mm -hmm. of him mm -hmm. because of the concrete transformation that he has done in my life is now to give back yeah. and to see that process happen is just giving God that much more room to help it with help other people through it so 
I love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, if we can just get it out of our own way and get really honest with what we're wrestling with in a safe and loving community, I think God can show up. Show up. And like Nicole said, we won't know. You won't know until you engage the process. Absolutely. So, thanks, Nicole. Thanks, Yvonne. <laughs> So let's go back to our big questions. Um, I'm all over the place now. Here we are. Ah, let's go back to our big questions, okay? When you are asked, what is formation? For, straight from Galatians, is Christ being formed in us? Why do we need formation? Our hearts long for resolve. We long to be living in that imago day that we have been designed to live in. We don't want to live in disharmony. We want to live in harmony and we want the fruit of what, what it means to live in that place. And how? The how we do formation. I'm sure you're wondering about this. The way of Jesus is the way of death and resurrection. He said it was going to cost us something to follow him. It was going to cost it was us actually saying, I don't want to, to live in that separated place any longer. I want to die to that separation, whatever separates me, so that I can live in the way that he's designed me to live. But this process, this is the big story of formation death and resurrection, and it's also the many stories of resurrection throughout our whole life. Dallas Willard says, the ruined soul must be willing to hear of and recognize its own ruin before it can find how to enter a different path, a path of eternal life that naturally leads to spiritual formation in Christ-likeness. We've got to admit it. We've got to get honest about really where we're at. And that's the beauty of Celebrate because she said they're willing to be broken. They're willing to come in. And, when, and we all have those places in our own lives. I bet the Lord is pointing out where you have room to grow and be formed today. And so the process, more practically, I think it's get honest, change your mind, and walk anew. Get honest, change your mind, and walk anew. I'm gonna say it again. Get honest, change your mind, and walk anew. I should have you all say it, ready? Get honest, change your mind, walk anew. This is how formation happens, guys. It's nothing new, but we confess. Confession, true confession is getting honest. True confession is not saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. True confession is saying, wow, I am really afraid right now, or wow, I really don't trust you, God. Wow, this is what's happening inside of me, and I feel this kind of heat rising up, and I don't know what to do about it. That's getting honest. And, and you take it before the Lord, and maybe you take it before a safe friend. Do you know, I think this is why like counseling has become one of the most transformative process for people, is because they get honest, and they bring it to a safe space, where they're received with love and compassion and they're able to process that. And the, the counselor or even spiritual director can speak in truth and you can change your mind. 
You can go to the Lord and say, what is it that you have to say about this? And what do you want me to do? You can ask him, what do you have to say about this? You can read that in his word. You can ask him directly. This is a relationship that we have with a person, not a program, not a process. It's a person and he will tell you, what do you want me to do? Or what do you have to say about this? And then I say, okay, I'm going to agree with you because you ultimately are, you are, are seated at the right hand of God the Father and you ultimately know what's best for me. And so I would like to choose to walk more in my true self by listening to you. And you walk anew. This is confession. It's the biblical world to, to repent, to actually change your mind. That's the death of something old, changing it to something new and abiding in him. Get honest, change your mind, walk anew. That's a basic process of formation and what Jesus can do in all of us if we do this. Imagine if we woke up every morning and we got honest with God and we said, what do you have to say about it? What do you want me to do about it? And we just chose to walk in his way with his heart. What could that do in all of our hearts? And what would that do as a community as we live that out together? We go to our groups and we say, okay, we're gonna get honest and we're gonna see what God has to say about that and we're gonna walk anew. I think that this, actually, we would see evidence of form, formation and transformation within our community. And this is the story that the world needs to hear from us. They don't need a new religion. They don't need people judging them or telling them what to do. They need transformed lives and hearts living out this way of Jesus so that they can be invited to the journey as well. So I'm gonna invite the band back up and I'm gonna close us in prayer. And my encouragement for you guys at South, don't give up. Don't give up. This does take effort to lean into the way and formation of Jesus. In this season, I think that one day we're gonna open our history books and it's gonna say, you know, great, you know, pandemic, global pandemic, COVID-19, and a subheading under that is going to say great resignation. Because over 50% of people are considering leaving their jobs or have left their jobs. They are, they are disconnecting from what was, was once a part of their life. And you know, people are doing that in the church too. And I just wanna say, this is not a time to disengage. It's not a time to separate. It's a time to lean in. And it's a time to lean into being formed in the way of Jesus. And so I will echo with Paul that we at South Fellowship Church, we're gonna labor with you until Christ is formed in you and in all of us for the sake of the world, amen? If God is working in your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. You can give online at southfellowship.org/give or on the South Fellowship Church app. Thanks for listening, South family. Have a great rest of your day.